Um, because like the regular peanut butter M and M's, I don't like those. I don't like peanut butter. Um, but the regular you're, the peanut. You're recording, M&Ms, by the way. I know the peanut M and M's are good. I was trying to start off with something else, like start the podcast as we were talking about something. Right. Um, but anyway, so this is episode number three, I believe. Three, yeah. What's up, guys? It's of the hunting and fishing and everything in the 20 podcast. By the way, we're on Spotify now. Everyone's doing just okay. Got that today. Morgan's frozen right now. Oh, wonderful. Am I unfrozen? Yeah, you're unfrozen now. Okay, by the way, we just got on Spotify today. I just finished that, actually. Um, I will put yeah. that in the link in the description. I need people to do this for me. <laughs> If if anybody wants a job, yeah, I know we're like I'm wrapped up with school. Morgan's wrapped up with work. It's all it's all crazy. <laughs> not, um, not only do I gotta like cut grass and get ready for deer season and do all kinds of school, I gotta build the podcast. Um and write up the yeah. scripts and stuff for the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, if anybody needs a job, the email's in the description below. Um yeah, no doubt. Well, actually not in the description, it's in the description of this podcast. Um so yeah, if y'all want a job, the, the, the email is there. Hit me up. Um, but if you also have any questions um, about our podcast or about what we do, uh, the email is there for you to um, ask us. Or if you want us to talk about something, right. um, the email is there as well. If there's a question you mm-hmm. want us to answer, the email is there. Um, yeah. now and, it, guys, it, and guys, feel free to – we should have probably stated this in, like, the first podcast or whatever. But feel free to email 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 us topics that you want us to talk about or whatever. Like we'll talk about really as long as it's keep it appropriate. Mind you, like we'll talk about it. So um, the if, timer if you email, if now, you need, say what I said, the timer started now, but um, yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, today this is the nine 11 podcast of this week. Cause nine 11 is this weekend on Saturday. Um, as this podcast is not going to drop on Saturday. Um, and we'll I'll probably drop it. Thursday or Friday? Yeah, something like that. Um, because I wa- I wanted to film it on 9 11 and or I take that back. I wanted to drop it on 9 11. Um, but I don't want to wait until Saturday to drop this podcast because today is so, the only day we're available to film this. Yeah. So we're, we're filming this on Monday. This is Monday. This is Labor Day. Yeah, today so. is Labor Day. Um, this is the only day we got to film it. And by the way, I worked on school today, so I could go fishing later. Um, because I have one day off this week before I had to do other stuff. But anyway, um, so I actually have something that I want to talk about. So yes, today's topic is about um, uh, 9-11, but I have something in particular about 9-11 I want to speak about, uh, and that's a song. It's written by Alan Jackson. Um, it's actually called uh, Where um, Were You When the World Stopped Turning? And if you don't know what that is or you don't know who Alan Jackson is, um, Alan Jackson is a country singer. Uh, and he wrote this song. One of the greatest. Do what? I said one of the greatest. Yeah, one of the greatest. Um, very country legend. Uh, he wrote this song. It's called "Where Were You?" Like I said, "Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning?" Um, and uh, it's like it's about nine eleven. Um, and there's a three key words from that song that I took out of it. I can't play the song because we'll get docked for copyright. Um, but. If y'all want to hear the song, just go on YouTube or wherever you listen to music and look up um, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning, Alan Jackson, and it'll pull up the song. But anyway, um, three words that I found in that song to be very, very important to me, um, and it's in that song. Let me actually find the exact lyrics. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on how this went. Actually, I got it right here. 
let me find it. Um, it's very, very important, I believe. Um, okay, so the three key words that I found in this song is faith, hope, and love. Um, but it says where, 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 where does it say this? It says, um, faith, hope, I can tell back. It says, and I remember this from when I was young, faith, hope, and love are some good things he gave us. He as in God and the greatest is love. And what I did was that I went in the Bible, um, and I found now I just found a few, there's multiple, multiple, multiple verses on the three keywords that I picked out, uh, about this, but, um, I have a couple of different verses I want to read. I'm not going to read those yet because what I want to do is before we start talking about that, I want to name some of the um, people who lost their life in 9-11. Um, now, some of this may be false information. This is just stuff I got off the internet. I don't know if these were factual sites. Um, these are just some things I got off the internet. Apparently, 2,996 people lost their lives on 9-11, which is terrible. 9-11 um, yeah. was a tragedy, and my point uh, that I want to talk about why I'm talking about this song from 9-11 and why I'm talking about these three key words is because terrible, terrible things happen. Terrible, terrible things happen in your life and other people's life. And 9-11 was one of them. It didn't just happen in your life, but it happened in 2,996 other people's lives. But not only did it happen in their lives, but it happened in their family's life. Um, but the verses that I picked out today are, um, are verses that we can rely on in times of trouble, whether it be sickness, death, such as 9-11. 9-11 caused so many people to die. And something else that's important to note is not only did people die on that day, but people are still dying today and have died in past years because of um, cancers and sicknesses and stuff like that that they got from uh the concrete dust and that kind of stuff from 9-11. So I want to name some of these people. Um, I have six names. I'm sorry. I have five names of civilians and that civilians of people, um, just regular people, people that work there, not cops, not firefighters. Um, and some of those names are Gordon M. Ameth Jr., Andrew Anthony Abate, Christian Adams, Patrick Adams, John Leslie Albert, Albert, no, okay, it's Albert, I just left out my L, um, I know that for a fact, because I remember reading that, anyway, um, now, I'm not sure if Christian and Patrick Adams are related, uh, I could have googled that and did a little bit more research on it, but I'm not sure, um, there were 343 firefighters that day that lost their life, and like I said earlier, this could be false information, I'm not 100% sure, um, but here are some of their names, Richard Allen, John Virgin, I guess that's how you say that. I'm sorry if I'm destroying these people's last names. Uh, Paul Buer, Carl Benny, Thomas Butler. That's some of the firefighters that lost their lives. And there are 71 officers that lost their lives and, and dozens of more um, that are losing their lives right now due to illnesses caused from the concrete dust and all that stuff. Um, some of them people were Paul J. McCabe, William George Fearon. Sandra Y. Adrian, Ronald G. Becker Jr., Scott R. Blackshaw, Michael Sean Certain. Um, and those are some of the people that lost their lives in, in on 9-11. Um, and I think it's very, very important that not only do we think about 9-11, but um, we don't forget about the people that lost their lives. You know, 9-11 itself was a tragedy, but 
there's also people who lost their lives. And I think it's important that not only, like I said, do we forget about 9-11, but we also don't need to forget about those people that lost their lives right. and their families that lost their lives, that had lost, lost their lives in 9-11. Um, that's some of the people and um, the numbers of people who die. Like I said, that may be false information. Um, don't, I mean, I guess you could fact check me. I'm not stopping you from doing that. But it was just some things I pulled off the internet. Um, anyway, like I said, there's faith, hope, and love are the three key words that I got off that Alan Jackson song that I think is important that I'm going to talk about. No, is there anything you want to add to this right now? Not really, no. Um, Morgan's the one that basically did all the research. Um, okay. um, not really. I don't, I, don't really, I don't really have anything to add, so. So uh, if, if any of y'all are following along, um, whether you're watching this on Spotify or you're watching on YouTube, um, the Bible verses that I have, I guess you can mark them down or whatever. Um, first off is uh, Lamentations. I got to find it. I have them all marked. It's Proverbs. There we go. Um, that is Lamentations uh, 321 through 23 uh and like i said these are just a few of them that i pulled from the bible like i said there's multiple there's hundreds of different verses that are speaking on faith hope and love that come out of the bible but these are just a few um so let me find it actually uh 20 uh levitation 21 says this i recall to my mind therefore i have hope it is the lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not i think that's very important because there's so many people so many people that were on the 9-11 building that were on the twin towers that made it alive before that happened and that just goes to show you that god's compassions don't ever end they never fail they never will fail it is so important to you know to note that whenever we're struggling whenever we're having difficulties it's important to note that God's compassions never fail. They never end. It's like his love. It endures forever. It will never end. Yep. And that's the whole reason why he sent Christ to die for us is because his compassion and his love never fails. They constantly go on forever. Um, and then in Matthew, it talks on uh, in 1720 right here. It says this is important. Um, it says in verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, and by the way, a grain of mustard seed is tiny. You know, you look at a bun that you get from Burger King. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So my pastor was talking about this the other day. So this exact verse, he was saying that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, this is actually at our students thing. So guys, if I was holding a mustard seed right now. Like if there was a mustard seed on the tip of my finger, you would not be able to see it. It is that small. It is, it is almost microscopic. It is really small. I used to have a coin with a mustard seed on it, but I lost that coin. I don't know where it went. I really miss it. I carried it with me every day and I don't know where it went. So that's kind of sad, but um, anyways, yeah. So Anyways, just, just to show you how much faith you got to have, it, very little. Because in that verse, what verse was that, Morgan? Uh, 7, 20, 20 in Matthew. Matthew 7, 20. Hold on. No, 17, 20. Oh, 17, 20. Hold on just a second. Let me find it, me find it real quick. 
17, 20, 20. And I'd like to oh, add to this. Right. Bible does say to have great faith. Say what? I would like to add to this. The Bible does say to have great faith, but, but it says the amount of faith it takes to move a mountain to a yonder place is the size of a grain of mustard seed. It says directly, a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to a yonder place, and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. It says a mustard seed of faith is the size that it takes. Go ahead. Okay. So we were talking about this at my youth night, like on Thursday, and which I think is kind of interesting. So what he says, so basically what this story is, is Jesus is healing a boy with a demon. I'm going to back up to verse 14, and I'm going to read you that whole parable. So it says, and when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said lord have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers terribly for often he falls into the fire and often into the water and i and i brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him and jesus answered oh faithless and twisted generation how long am i to be with you how long am i to bear with you bring him here to me and jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, because of your little faith. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. And what, and what he was saying, what our youth pastor was saying is, so let me paint you a picture. So there is a, so you have the disciples off in a corner and Jesus is right. Jesus is kind of away from the disciples and there's a person sitting over away that's blind or whatever. So Jesus goes over to Jesus goes over to the blind man, touches him on the shoulder, says your faith has healed you. Okay. Well, the disciples are chit chatting in the background saying, okay, so this is how we're going to do it. So he touched the right shoulder and boom, he's healed. So they go over and touch the right shoulder and say, in Jesus name, you're healed. That doesn't, that didn't, that won't work. That, so, and what my youth pastor was saying is we have to have, the phrase he uses, we have to have faith in the model, not the man. I believe is the way, I, I believe is the way where we, we, we have to have faith in why he does it. We have to have, we have to have faith in why he does it. We don't, we can't, we can't have, I mean, we need to have faith in him, but it and I put this quote in my notes. It says, I don't care about he doesn't care about the size of your faith. He cares about where you focus your faith. If you focus your faith on healing someone, like the disciple, the disciples are trying to focus their faith on Jesus. And if they had focused their faith on healing that person, then that then it would have been rebuked. And 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 some people and then so faith can't move mountains, but faith in Jesus can. So I'm breaking up a couple of the main points that You're breaking I, up. I um, pulled out of this message. Oh, it says internet connection is unstable. Yeah. Hold on, Morgan. Okay, I can hear you now. All right. So it says a couple of the points that I pulled up from it. It says they can help you 
see this speck. So it's obviously, it's not about the size of my faith. It's about the faith in an, in an example of a chair, for example. So if I were to... You're, you're breaking up really bad. If I were to just rest my hand on the chair, if I were just... Am I there? Can you hear me now? Morgan. Morgan. So, so. What about yeah, now? In and out. All right. Um, so, if... Can you hear me now? Yeah, kind of pretty good. All right. So, if... This chair example is what he used. If I just put my hand on the chair and just let my hand relax on the chair, I'm not sitting there or anything... Is the chair still doing its job? What about if I'm if I'm sitting my bottom on the armrest? Is the chair still doing its job? What if I'm actually sitting in the chair? Is the chair still doing its job? Yes, that is true. We have to have faith in we can't, we have to, it's not about the size of your faith. It's about what you have faith in was faith to let the dirt do the, I didn't really get another point. I didn't uh, get another point on there, but let again. me pull up. Hold on. Let me pull up. Okay. Let me, um, what about now? And you're pretty what clear about now. You're pretty clear now. Cool. Okay. Um, I think it's because I'm moving my phone trying to look at that, but I won't do that anymore. So uh, the last point that I said was faith, let, let, let faith, faith to let the dirt do the development. And I put Mark 431 through 32. And it says, it is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown in the ground is one of the smallest seeds on earth. Yet when it, is sown and it grows up, it becomes large. It becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So basically what this verse is saying is it needs, people need to be planted before they can grow. So whether that's somewhere where you feel uncomfortable comfortable with it, somewhere where you feel comfortable you have to be planted before you can grow so but that was pretty cool that we had just talked about that on thursday okay and here's something else i want to talk about having faith beyond like i said like like it says in matthew 17 20 it says it only takes faith as a mustard seed as big as a mustard seed and it says in john 6 11 under the back um and let me actually go back here and read some. Uh, it's in John six five. It, 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 we're talking about um, Jesus the five, with the five loaves and two fishes. It says, and by the way, they had five loaves and two fishes. Um, when Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, and saw a great company come unto him, he saith, saith unto Phil, hence shall we buy bread that these may eat. Um. And then Philip said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Um, and uh, then he said, 
And in verse 8, it says, One disciple, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said unto them, There is a lad here which has five barley, barley loaves and two fishes, but what are they among so many? And then it says in verse 10, it says, And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. And he said, make the men sit down. That's exactly what he said, written in red. Um, and then it says, now there was so much grass in the place. So the men sat down in a number of 5,000. And by the way, we're not talking children here. I had actually read an article on this. It talked about men, men themselves, 5,000 men, not, not women and children, men. Um, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they filled, he said unto the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, th that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them, and they had eaten. Within those men, when they had seen the miracle Jesus did, said, "This is the this is a truth. The that the prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived, pers I'm sorry, persevered that they would come and take him by force and to make him a king. He departed again unto the mountain himself." alone um it talks about five thousand men not including females and women or i'm sorry women and children five thousand men that he fed with uh two loaves of with um i'm sorry what was it again i don't i don't lost it um with uh well i can't believe i just lost it um Oh, good Lord. Well, okay. With two small fishes and five loaves of bread. I'm sorry I lost that. I just for completely forgot. Anyway, um, yeah, we got off a little side point, but it talks about how much faith it takes to do something, to do something insane. Not a lot. Not a lot. 5,000 men, and they were fed with two, with five loaves of bread and two fish? You're breaking up. Is it better now? Yeah, you're better now. Okay. But that's just crazy. Um, anyway, so back to um, so the two verses we just read in Lamentations of Matthew, that was the two verses that I had on faith. Now we're gonna talk about the hope. I got three verses on this. Um and one of them I really do what? So how many more minutes we got? Uh we got a pretty good we got um twenty we're in we're twenty one minutes. We got like uh, a while. So anyway, um, in Psalms, uh, thirty-three, eighteen through nineteen, what? do what? Do what? I said you're breaking up. I didn't hear the past ten seconds. Okay, we got time. I don't know if you heard that, but we got we got plenty of time. Um, and okay. then it talks about in. So, can you hear me? Can you yeah, hear me? I got you. Okay. The, the next word, key word that I had is hope. You're fading in and out right now. Okay. The next key word that I had is hope. Uh, and I have them in Psalms. And I have I found this verse in Psalms. Uh, it said, do what? It's 18. No, I didn't say anything. 
Okay, it's 18 through 19. It says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope is in his mercy. We're not talking about having hope in uh, a president, in a movie star. We're talking about having hope in his mercy, him, him alone. And then it says the 19, to, I like this right here, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. I don't have faith in Trump. I don't have faith in Biden. I don't have faith in anybody but God. Because there's nobody other than God that, number one, can save your soul from death, but save you from famine and many, many, many other things. And then it goes to talk in Proverbs. This is my next one in hope. Uh Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Um, I think this is very, very important, right? I'm sorry, 5 through 6, not 3, 5 through 6. It's 5, 6. Chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Don't lean on what you think or what anybody else thinks. You need to lean on what God thinks and what God does and what God knows because what God does, knows, and thinks is always best. And there's no, there's no way of getting around that. Um, and then it goes on to say in 6, it says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct you in thy right paths. Very, very important to note. Um, and this is my favorite, uh, not my favorite, but one of my favorites right here. I really, really like this one. Um, this is super, super important. I think everybody should go right now, stop what they're doing, and mark this in their Bible. Luke one thirty seven. it says, for God. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. That is my favorite. It's not my favorite, but it is like my second favorite verse in the entire Bible because that just backs up everything we says. It says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. The grain, the size of faith you need is only got to be as big as a grain of mustard seed. To, and it, that's what it takes to move a mountain. It says, with God. With God, not with man, but with God, not with nobody else, the only person but God. Nothing, I don't care what you're dealing with, what you got ahead of you, nothing shall be impossible. Right. Whatever you got going, whatever right. is going on in your life is uh, not impossible. You can do it with God, with God alone. Put your faith in God alone. And like I said, it goes back. You know, people, people, you may be asking why, why we're talking about this and 9-11. Uh -oh. I'm basing this off 9-11 because 9-11 was such a tragedy and there was so much stuff going on. And it was so difficult and it's still difficult for these people to get over what happened, the survivors and stuff, to get over what happened. You know, they were there. Can you imagine the mental trauma these folks are going through, seeing people fall off these Seeing people fall thousands and thousands of feet off the World Trade Center, seeing this plane crash into the World Trade Center. These people are going through mental trauma. I actually read an article the other day. It said there are some people that are in mental a state of mental trauma so bad they had don't they have forgotten their name, they forgot who they were. But then again, it says in Luke 37, 1 verse 37, for God, nothing shall be impossible. Whatever you're going through, you can make it through because with God, nothing shall be impossible. Um, so that is uh that that's the three verses I had in hope. And then I have in love right here. Um uh, 
Romans. No, I have Ephesians. I'm sorry. Well, we'll go to Romans first, um, since it's closest. Uh, it says right here. This is important. This is one of the most important verses that I found for the 9-11, what happened. Um, it says in Romans 8.28, it says, And we know that all things work together for good for them that love God. For them that love God, whatever is going on, whatever it may be, whatever is going on with you that's wrong, that you don't like, whatever position you're in that's bad, well, guess what? When you're a believer in Christ, when your faith I'm breaking up real bad. Okay, never mind. I'm not right now. When your faith is as big as a grain of mustard seed, all things work together for good and for those that love God. And then it goes on to say, Amen, brother. Um, then it goes on to say, To them who are called according to his own purpose, not to my purpose, not to Noah's purpose, not to somebody else's purpose, but to God's purpose. Them that work bad things will work together for good. Now, it may just look absolutely terrible. It may look just as worse as it could be. But believe me, number one, I want to say what you think is bad. Well, guess what? Somebody else has got another problem that's worse. So number one, be happy about that. But number two, know that all things work for good for those that love God. That is so very, very important to note. And that says in Ephesians 8 through 9, um, right here, I, Ephesians 8, chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 through 9, that's actually one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because it tells why God sent his son to um, save us from the grave and why he did that and whatnot, which I won't go into all the verses, but I have a couple of them marked for this. It says, for by grace, I'll let this right here. For by grace ye are saved through faith. Your faith has to be big as a grain of mustard seed. As a grain of mustard seed. Now, if you're looking at my finger and there's a grain of mustard seed on there, you couldn't see it. That's how big your faith has to be. That is how big your faith has to be. And that not of yourself is the gift of God. Not of works. Let any man should boast. Like I said, for by grace, by grace, grace alone, nothing else, ye are saved through faith. That not of yourself, there's no way, nothing that we can do to be saved other than put our faith, big as a mustard seed, in God and in Christ alone. I'm, these, these people, they talk about... Well, that you know, a Christian, they say I got my, you know, I got my faith in Christ. But yet again, they're freaking out when they're, uh, I don't know, their superhero, I guess, screws up and does something. You know, they just get so mad at them, and you know, they just have a mental breakdown because their person that they did not have faith in, well, that they technically had faith in, even though they said they didn't crash done something wrong but guess what when you put your faith in christ and i'm not i ain't talking about having most of your faith in christ but just a little bit of it in somebody else all of your faith capital a l l all of your faith in christ nothing that christ can do will be wrong but guess what when you put your faith in 
a object or a human or money or something else other than Christ, bad things will happen uh, that will fail because it's not Christ. It has to be Christ. You must put your faith in Christ alone to have a uh, 100% no-fail deal. That's what you have to do to have a 100% no-fail deal is to put your faith in Christ alone. Because And something else I will note is when you are trying to become a saved Christian, when you're trying to accept salvation, you must accept the fact that in order to be saved, you have to put your faith in Christ alone. There's nothing that there's no money will not save you. Your cars will not save you. Your identity, your well-being, your um, how good of a person you were will not save you. You have to put your faith in Christ alone. And that's what it says in Ephesians uh, 2, verse 8 and 9. Um. But all it takes to move mountains is a faith, is the faith the size of a mustard seed. That's all it takes, folks. That's all it takes. Um, that's actually all of my verses that I had for that. Um, but, Noah, is there anything you'd like to add to this? Noah? You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I just, I just turned off the light and then moved out of the way. All right, so we're into the yeah, podcast. Thirty-one minutes here. All right, at least a videoing part. We probably got like, um, there's probably five minutes there of when we weren't videoing the podcast, but now we're videoing the podcast. So, um, yeah, we're into the podcast about, um, thirty-eight minutes actually. That we've been filming. I would probably the Zoom has been going, not videoing. We've only been videoing for 32 minutes. Anyway, um, is there anything you'd like to add to this? No, I think you covered most of it, Morgan. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I just, yeah, I think you covered most of it. Well, now that um, we've talked about all that, uh, you want to talk about deer season, deer hunting, fishing, something? My deer season don't start till I, my deer season doesn't start till October. My total deer season, both season doesn't start till October. Third weekend in October. Yeah. I think so. And then rifle season starts and then rifle season starts day after Thanksgiving. Man. Yeah, that sucks. Y'all are lucky. We got to wait. Y'all are lucky. So y'all don't y'all don't have mm. any because see like this year. Um, hey, 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 hold on. And just so you know, um, the reason Morgan's lucky is because Morgan's in Georgia and I'm in Alabama. Even though they're right states are right next to each other, we have completely different hunting seasons. See, like this year, uh, I actually didn't know this till yesterday. I'm talking about till Sunday because yeah, yesterday. Monday. Okay. Um, apparently, youth season comes in October the ninth. I didn't know that. So, guess where I'm going to be on that Saturday? Youth. Huh? Lucky you're still a youth. <laughs> well, I don't even know when. I don't even know when that ends. When? When are? Well, I guess like sixteen. 
if it's 16, I got two more years of that. But still, our rifle season comes in October the next week after that, October the 16th. That that the next Saturday. Um, so you got October the 9th, which is that Saturday, which I'm going to be in the deer stand. Um, and then you got the next weekend, which is when rifle season for everybody starts. Um, which I got a really nice you? on camera right now. Um, that I really I don't know if he I doubt he's going to be in velvet, but I have heard of some folks down here in Georgia kill on it in velvet because you know like bow season. And Georgia opens next weekend. So um, I've heard – I have heard of some people um, hunting them with a bow in October, like the first and maybe second week of October and killing a buck and, and build it. If they're not in full velvet, they might have a little bit left on them. But this year that I'm hunting right now and plan on hunting it on October the 9th, I don't think he's going to be in velvet. I doubt it. If he is, I'll be super surprised. Even if he has yeah, a little bit on him. From what I can tell, I don't think he's going to be in velvet by the time you shoot him by October. He's got a whole. He's got about a whole other month left. I don't think he's going to be in velvet by then. Could be wrong. Never know. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know, but I. I mean, I doubt it. Something else that I think is important to note about that. Um. So is, the question. The question is, Morgan, if you killed him in velvet, would you keep the velvet on there when you mounted him, or would you have them take the velvet off? Oh, I'd keep it on there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's Honestly, what I would okay. Too. I don't mean to offend anybody with this, but if you kill a deer and you take his velvet off, I'm sorry, but that was an idiotic decision. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of going hunting in September with a bow or killing one in early, early October with a rifle or a bow. That's cool. That's kill true. Them in velvet. That's fair. I wish I could. I wish I could do that, but we hunt so late, we can't kill them in velvet. Um, that's what, that would be good. Uh, you might could kill him. You might, I say, might slight, slight chance that you could kill one in velvet in Alabama. Slight chance. Um, and like I said, if if we're wrong, comment down below. I don't Please. know. I'm just comment down below. If we're wrong here. I mean, hey, we're just we're just two amateur. I, I we're we're just two kids stating <laughs> facts or whatever. I mean, I mean, this year is like the the year I. I don't think I've ever spent so much money on deer hunting in my life. Like, oh, wow. I spent too much money on deer hunting this year. But anyway. Hey, hey, y'all comment down below how much money you spent either on deer hunting or fishing. Oh, we ain't going to get into fishing. Don't Let's not even go there. Yeah, that's... I, I, okay, scratch the fishing. Just comment deer hunting down below. Hey, because I know how right how now. Much how much y'all spent on deer hunting? I know for Give a us fact. a rough estimate. I've, I've probably spent about... I want to say at least at l how much have you spent, Morgan? Well over a thousand. Okay, yeah, like just this year or total? This this year. Okay, yeah, I probably spent. I don't know the uh, exact total, but over a thousand. Okay. Well, yeah, I pro over my hunting years, I've probably and spent see, over a thousand. It's years. funny because it's not even on actual hunting supplies. Like my gun, that cost five hundred. I think about it. That gun costs like three fifty. And then I bought a scope. Um, for uh, let me see how much that scope was. Um, uh, let me see. Um. I bought a scope for one fifty, uh, which is a really nice scope with a vortex. Like so, that was five hundred dollars. And I vote, um, 
um, that I bought some tra trail cameras, two of them for one fifty. So that's six hundred fifty dollars. Then, like, I had to completely redo my road, my access road to get to my deer, one of my deer stands, and I got to build a road across a swamp. Um, so that's pipe that costs probably. Let me see how much that costs. Um, that that pipe I know cost a hundred. Uh, right, that's seven fifty. Um, and then I had a bunch of fuel that I had to buy as far as fuel tickets go, um, for my tractor, uh, $200. That's $950, $200 this year that I've spent oh. on my tractor. That's 250 That's $950. Then I had to buy a hydraulic hose. Actually, no, I didn't have to buy that. Um, but yeah, that's $950. And I know I've had some other things that have brought that total um, way, way up. Um, that's just the little things that I've bought. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's cost so so much money just to go kill a deer, you know. And then all the time that I've put in, like, because like the spot that I'm hunting this year, where I got this deer on camera, um, this velvet deer, this spot has never been maintained. It's always had a lot of good deer on it. It's always had deer, um, but it's never been well maintained. At least the spot that I'm hunting at, the neighboring property's been maintained okay. Uh, but this pot right here has not ever been maintained. There's so many little trees about this big around that are just everywhere. And so that's taken two or three weeks to get cut down. My saw broke, so I'm still waiting on that to get done. Then I need it to quit raining to get my tractor across the swamp, um, which I know some of y'all people are going to be saying, why are you driving a tractor across the swamp? I've done it before. It's just got to quit raining. I know how to drive a tractor. My dad has taught me, and I got my – um grandfather who's a tractor driving master wizard <laughs> yeah wizard no <laughs> did you say wizard i did he's a tractor driver. <laughs> i mean he, he, he used to own a logging business and he drove a lot of equipment so he knows what he's doing so he's gonna be here helping me but anyway yeah we gotta do that um but some of the things as far as like some of my road work stuff that don't have to be done for deer season but I still got a few trees that need to be cut down for deer season. I got to get – oh, wow, just completely took up my camera. No, did what – did you do that or me? Oh, okay, because I thought my hand took up my camera. <laughs> that was me. I put my thumb over my camera. Okay. Um, but, yeah, uh, deer hunt costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money. All right, so we got like – we're, we're on our 40-minute um, mark, so we got about 10 minutes left. Um, all right. All right. Let's, I guess, let's talk about the big thing over the weekend football. Oh, yeah. Football. Um, so, by the I, way, not uh, a big football guy, not a big football guy, but I right. do keep up with the scores. And I will say, Hold the, on. yeah, go ahead. Now. I got it. Yeah. So, I'll, uh, I guess I'll be the, I'll be the score dude, I guess. So, um, I, I went to the, Auburn Akron game and Auburn absolutely obliterated Akron. Uh, uh, the the final score was sixty to ten. By we way, score no, Auburn. Yeah. By the way, I didn't I didn't know that Akron was a thing until two days ago. Cool. Um, That's how uh, pitiful I didn't that either. I didn't I didn't I didn't know that Akron was a school until I they were announced that we were playing it. Um, but, anyways, um, the final score was sixty to ten. But Auburn scored on every drive, every possession that they had of the football, except 
two or three times, I think. Um, and then Alabama obviously won 44 to 13. Um, LSU, that was a pretty big upset. They got beat by UCLA 38 to 27. Um, the, the most interesting game of the whole entire um, thing on Saturday was Mississippi State, Louisiana Tech. The score was 35 to 34. And they showed this on the they showed this on the jumbotron at the Auburn game. They showed the there were two seconds left on the clock. The score was 34-35, and Louisiana Louisiana Tech was going for a field goal, mind you, a thirty-five yard field goal. He kicked it and he pulled it, and it went to the right and missed the field goal. <laughs> And he was upset, but I was like, that was, that was a pretty, um, pretty interesting game. And then Louisville and Old Miss are playing right now and the score right now is 26 to three. So, oh yeah. And then um, the Georgia game, Georgia. Um, yeah. Georgia was playing Clemson and um, Georgia beat Clemson, which was very surprising. So that was a pretty big upset. So, um, anyways, yeah, I don't even know. I didn't even know Akron like if it was a thing until every day. I'm trying to figure out when Akron became a team. I'm googling that right now. Um, when did Akron football become a team? Oh, let's see. Uh, eight, oh well, eighteen ninety one. They really. It, it's up. just not a very. It's just not a very common school. Okay, I take that back. I take that back. It's just that. No, okay, it was. No, it was actually established in eighteen ninety one. I was just thinking to say that might have been when the college was established, but no, that was actually. It says the University of Akron football team was established in eighteen ninety one. In their first game, the team called Bushtail College defeated Western um, Reserve Academy by score of 22 to 6 in Hudson, Ohio, which is not really a good game. That was just, I mean, they, yeah, they won, but the 22 to 6 game is more of a tight game than just a total beat your brakes off game. Because I've been, to, I've heard of some games, you know, take mm-hmm. like Alabama, for example. If you can have a game with them, you better be good. You're going to get your bait break beat off. You know, you know how, how Alabama yeah. is. They beat everybody. Right. All right. So we about out of time. Yep. About out of time. I guess we'll see y'all on the All next right. podcast. Hold on. Hold on. So yep. go subscribe to this YouTube channel, Hunting, Fishing, and Everything in Between. Um, go listen. We got it on Spotify now, like Morgan said. We did get our logo made. So if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you should see that. Um, I did create a YouTube channel. Um, it's called The Auburn Fisherman. So go subscribe to that. Some people have had trouble finding it, but maybe y'all won't. Um, and by the way, y'all, all the audio listeners, um, go uh, leave a review and a like, and I'm pretty sure you subscribe on the podcast as far as the audio versions go. Well, I'm not 100 sure. Just do whatever. Just do the options there. I mean, let's grow this podcast. Let's get more people – hearing about Jesus and let's point more people to Jesus. And I have already two videos up on my YouTube channel. 
I should be getting some more up later this week when I have Wi-Fi. And go follow me and Morgan on Fishbrain. Morgan's tag is at Morgan Folds. Actually, Morgan underscore Folds. Yeah. Mine is mine is at the Auburn Fisherman underscore YT. Um, so go give us a follow, and we'll catch y'all later. All right. Thank you all for watching. See y'all.